Hello everyone, it's Frank Andrews. Today is Wednesday, October 7th. This is the OK Tulsa podcast. It is episode four. So today I finally got a chance to cook some eggs and they turned out horrendous. It tasted just as bad as all my takeout meals. I had no spice and I just put vegetables and plain eggs. It was very, very bland. And so that sucked. I didn't walk to work because my feet are in so much pain because I have hammerhead toes. And for those who do not know what that is, it's when your toes lay on top of each other. And from years of playing basketball, I know when you see me, you can obviously tell because of this physique that I'm an athlete, that I heard that makes it worse. Your feet get all twisted from all the turning and so I'm walking a mile to the co-working space and back it's causing uh, one of my big toes to actually bleed so I couldn't walk today I decided to do the line scooter there and back and I took it four times today because I made the mistake of signing up for line pass there's a pass on line scooter called line pass and I guess there's an unlocking fee but that if you pay six dollars a month you do not have to pay an unlocking fee but me not reading it thoroughly because I never really read those things. I just signed it up and I assumed that it meant $6 a month, unlimited rides. That's what it's, it's, it seemed like that's what it said. And so I was like, wow, I, I felt like an idiot because I spent at least around $20, plus maybe more. I think I spent more than 20 bucks already on those, that scooter riding and commuting. So I thought I could have saved a lot of money if I just knew about Lion Pass. $6, I could ride back and forth. I wouldn't have to feel like I have to be contained in my apartment. But turns out it still charges you money. You just don't get charged for the unlocking fees. So it's a little cheaper, but still I was disappointed when I found out that I'm still getting charged. So I don't know if I should cancel. I eventually just have to buy a scooter because I'm spending way too much money on this, going back and forth on the scooter. They're fun to ride though, extremely fun. And I'm feeling far more confident about it. I'm hitting hills. I'm planning on even doing tricks. I might do some backflips and whatnot. I feel like it's Tony Hawk Pro Skate all of a sudden. It's There's so much construction though that it's quite, uh, it's hard to get around and navigate. You have to just go straight into the streets sometimes. There's even trucks that just block the entire sidewalk. I don't know what's, if I was walking, I don't know how I'd get around. So there's that, uh, I signed up for Twitter and started using it the first time since I don't even know like five years or something and I realized how addicting it is I got a couple followers but I just went on a bunch of accounts that related to Tulsa and try to comment a little bit trolling but mostly just trying to have a little fun nobody replied to me so it's either they think I'm annoying or I'm not as witty as I thought I was I was disappointed that no one replied Someone did like one of my comments though, but I think they're just being kind. I also tried to post on Instagram and then I found out uh, that Instagram has reels and on these reels, there is just a woman walking who is just, has a fake butt. She's just in a bikini and all she's doing is walking in a pool and walks back. Millions of views and that's that's all that Instagram is, and as I'm seeing, is that it's just women with plastic surgery.
and I don't, I'm not trying to hate on it. I'm just saying that if you're uh, a parent and you want to invest in your child to have to allow them to have a successful career, they do not need to put in years of any kind of talent or skill. They don't do not need to try to devote their life to one skill in particular and try to be great at it and master it. All they need to do is become adept at doing makeup and buy a bunch of plastic surgery. Instead of investing in your child early on with putting, you know, having a college fund or a portfolio, instead use it for plastic surgery. Look what happened with Kylie Jenner. She's a billionaire. And these women on Instagram are getting paid. Sometimes they get paid up to like $100,000 a post. So instead of giving your kid money for college, give them money for an ass implant. And then they don't need any talent. They just have to walk, look amazing, walk in a bikini and walk back. And that's all it takes. That is the world we currently live in. TikTokers, Instagrammers. And I'm not trying to, I mean, the thing is I would, I would do it too. I've told friends this before that I would definitely just do it. I, I'm not trying to hate on it, I'm just pointing it out that there's, there literally was nothing to it. There's, it was just an attractive person walking front back to the camera and turns around and walks back and just has a fake ass and millions of views. That's all it takes. And all these, they all look exactly the same. They all look like either Kim Kardashian or Kylie Jenner. But that's, that's where it's at. Or TikTokers are just dancing or people who just mouth songs or mouth the president's speech and they're being called genius. That's all it takes to be called a genius now. That's how far we have fallen as a society. We have degenerated. Um, Speaking of women, I have managed to exhaust all my potential uh, mates in the in the area. I have a thirty mile radius on Bumble, and today I ran out of man, ran out of people. It said that you had to expand my search because there's no more individuals. So I went through all the single women that are on Bumble within three and a half days, and I'm not on it too much. At least I don't think so, but. managed to get really no matches at all. I think there was maybe one or two. One of them was one of the women that deleted me because I didn't reply fast enough. So um, I'm officially going to have to be single. I've always joked to my siblings and my friends that one day I'm just going to show up at a family Thanksgiving or gathering, you know, holiday gathering, Christmas, whatever it may be, with a life-size sex doll. Uh, if you've seen Lars and the Royal Girl with Ryan Gosling, it's probably going to be something like that situation. I'm going to try to act like it's completely normal and see what my family will think. And they already think I'm crazy, so that'll just really seal the deal. You know, they will come to the conclusion. Their hypothesis will be now tested and proven true if I do that and show up with it and truly act like the doll is alive. But that's where I am at now with my relationship ch chances because there's li literally no one else unless I'm trying to stretch it out to like 40 miles, which it's not going to work. 
it would just be a virtual relationship. I might as well just, I don't know, date a cartoon character at that point. Okay, so back to where I was at. Uh, I posted a couple Instagram posts, uh, Twitter, like I said. I looked up some events because I wanted to fill my my website up with events that are coming up, but there's not very many events. Everything's virtual. But there are a few. Um, for, I'm trying to decide. I saw that there was uh, an opera, but it's at the baseball field, which seemed, I was like, okay, maybe they're just trying to have an opera. It's called, I think it's Regalettos. It was originally written by Victor Hugo, I believe, and it was made popular by someone else back in the day. Uh, it's a famous opera about a hunchback and he has an innocent daughter and there's like a king who rules everything and wants the woman and it's something of that nature. I could be messing this up. But anyways, I thought, hmm, interesting. Tickets are, I think, start at $25. But what I didn't like, what I saw, and people may hate me for this, but I don't care, is that it is going to be baseball themed. The original court gesture, who's a hunchback, who's the, the opera's named after Regaletto, I believe. Could be wrong about that, but um, he's going to be a mascot, the baseball mascot. Uh, his daughter is, uh, I don't know what she's going to be. The star player is, I think, is the king. And then the umpire is the one that rules the land or something of that nature. And so that is what's ridiculous about that is opera is currently a dying art. It's a dying art form. It's on its last legs. I love classical music. I like opera. I love all those kind of older arts, um, the, you know, the arts of antiquity. And they just need like a new facelift. But this, is the, this isn't the one. They're, it's like almost trying to, it's like taking it off life support, pulling the plug. If you're combining it with baseball, the most boring sport possible, why can't you combine it with American football or MMA, even basketball? But no, you are planning on combining it with baseball, something that puts people to sleep. Don't get me wrong when I say baseball is fun to go to events live when you're not, but not watch the game. I don't go to watch the game. If you go with friends or family and you guys chill, you guys are talking, it's relaxing, you know, if you go to a night where it's like $2 beer, $2 hot dogs, or whatever it may be, $1 hot dogs, $1 ice cream, you guys just talk chill. You look at every now and then your clap, your stand up for the seventh inning stretch, that stuff, like, that's fun. Don't get me wrong, I really like that. But I'm not going to sit at home and watch baseball on TV. The only time I ever have done that is when I have trouble sleeping. It instantly puts me to sleep. It's melatonin. It is NyQuil, it is oh, some chamomile tea. It's a lullaby, it puts you to sleep. So it just doesn't really make sense why they would make an opera, which a lot of individuals already find boring and combine it with something even more boring. And that's how you're trying to save opera. It just seems like they really wanna kill it. Um, I was disappointed when I saw that and so now I'm questioning about whether or not I was going, I'm going to go. I thought about going, but now like $25 isn't too bad for an opera, but when it's combined as a baseball themed opera, there's a chance that it's going to suck. And 
about 20 minutes in, I'm going to sit there and realize I made a terrible life choice and I'm going to feel very irritated and vexed, primarily at myself, for paying the $25 to watch it. Like if it, it just seems anything past $20 and you take a risk, seems it seems too much of a gamble where that amount of money, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it, it is if you just waste it and you want to leave. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like when you pay for a movie and midway in the movie, you just want to get up and leave. And you're like, this movie sucks. I don't want to sit here and waste more of my time. My time is more valuable than this. But it still makes you upset for paying the money. You want a refund. And so I don't think I'm going to go to it after I, I've been debating about it. I'll still ruminate on it. I mean, obviously it doesn't matter if I go or not. They don't really care. But for me personally, I'm trying to decide. Also on Friday, there's a free event. So this one can be worth the risk because it's free. I just have to show up. There is a, a band playing, a local boy band. I think there's two of them. It's called, they're called the Grand Apollo. I listened to one of their songs called No Pressure. It was very catchy. I actually really vibed with it because it reminded me of Urban Outfitters. I used to work across from that store in this really, this place called the Anti-Mall. Anti it was called The Lab. They called it the Anti-Mall. It was like an outdoor hipster mall with very overpriced stores, um, but it was cool. It was in Costa Mesa back when I lived in Orange County. I was a hipster at that time. And yeah, Urban Outfitters was across the street and I would always walk in, you know, get my new, my new fit, some threads. And they would have music like that. And I really enjoyed that kind of music. And so it brought me back to this, this innocent time when I was young in my twenties in Southern California. I was vibrant, I was optimistic. I felt, I felt cool, you know. Um, I had friends, yeah, good times. Uh, I used to love the beach, now I hate the beach. So anyways, that song reminds me of that time and I really was pleased when I when I heard it. So I may take a chance of them because I see, if you listen to the song, it's on Spotify, there's potential there, but there was only one song that I saw and I think that's the only song we have on Spotify, but it's free. So maybe I'll just show up when it's ending. I think it starts, I wanna say 8 p.m. It starts 7 or 8 p.m. I have it down somewhere. Maybe 7. Crap, I forgot. I think it's 7. But the next night, they have a poetry slam contest that I do probably want to attend because it seems interesting. There's prizes that are giving, being given away. I don't know if I should just go up. I don't know if it's, uh, if it's like an open mic kind of status or you have to sign up prior. I'm not sure. I may have to just email somebody and say, hey, and then read a, a poem. I guess... It's like from you, you have music playing. It's not even your own poem. You can write, read, you can read any poem. So I will probably go up and read some Dr. Seuss. That used to be my books. That that was what I read when I was a when I was a child, as well as Goosebumps and Captain Underpants. I was talking to uh, one of the employees at my co-working space today because she had tattoos. She has really cool tattoos, and she mentioned this. Uh, fern and i brought up the red where the red fern grows i haven't read that book in quite i haven't read that book ever but she brought up an interesting point that's very true is that and i've done this before is when you're in elementary school they ask you to read these you know these literary classics and they want you as like a nine or ten year old to analyze these books in like a literary kind of like deep understanding of philosophical meanings pull them out and you're never going to grasp that and yeah she brought that up and i'm like i didn't yeah, I didn't read it. Spark Notes was a thing back then. I used to do that. 
the only thing I've read when I was, you know, eight or nine was Goosebumps, Captain Underpants, uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, the Guinness Book of World, World Records, like those kind of things interested me. I mean, obviously that those books are amazing. I read them now, like The Great Gatsby, right? Of Mice and Men, et cetera, et cetera. All those books they made you read. Catching the Rise of the Greatest Book. Um, but yeah, so you can read any poetry. Maybe I can read Dante's Inferno or something. There's a statue at the Williams Green too. I posted about it on Instagram where they have this man. It's, on, it's the Rotary Club statue. You may have seen it if you're familiar with downtown Tulsa. And there's a man who's putting his shoulder over another a child and the child's trying to read. And I just thought about how horrible that'd be like trying to read and someone's just looking over your shoulder. That's the worst. And it's like that for eternity until unless the statue gets smashed. So that's like a, a worse eternal punishment than anything Dante ever could imagine for his inferno in hell. It'd be in a circle lower than betrayal, which had Judas and Satan there. That sounds horrible. But yeah, um, I, speaking of poetry as well, I had this, I rent, I got this book from the library um, a couple years ago and it sticks with me because it was Sylvia Plath. If, you're, if you are familiar with her, she's a poet. She committed suicide. She was very, um, she had a disposition towards melancholy. She was very depressed, but she could, she was an amazing writer. If you are familiar with her journals, they're very interesting. I was obsessed with journals of famous individuals like Sylvia Plath, uh, Albert Camus. The reason is because you get the inside look, you know, these are like these people's thoughts and you get to see these things about them and you, you can relate to certain things they're doing, they're saying. They're not filtered, so it's really cool and you get to see what's happening during their daily life because they're writing it down. So it's really like an intimate look. It feels like when you read somebody's diary, like you're not supposed to be reading it, but it's, it's so fascinating and interesting. But anyways, her writing is amazing. And then I didn't even think about her age until later on after I was reading it because the writing was so well done, so well written for definitely for just a journal, which she wasn't expecting anyone to read it. And I then looked at what her age was when these journals were written and she was only 18 or 19. And then I was like, wow, because when I was 18 and 19, I didn't even write your completely. I would always just put you are, you know, that was my writing at that time, at that age, I was very immature. And I was too lazy to even write Y-O-U-R. I just put the U-R. Um, but yeah, maybe read some poetry, maybe try to win. Because I say that because there's a chance to win. I think the grand prize is $400, which would be very nice. It'd pay for all these lime scooter rides I'm doing. So yeah, if you're interested, it's Saturday look up it's Tulsa's Performing Arts Center is putting it all and look up on their website and they have the Grand Apollo and this Poetry Slam contest both are free don't know if you can enter like I said but look it up yourself I'm going to look it up because maybe I'll do it probably won't but maybe I will if you see me there and I don't know who's judging I think they have a judging panel so you can't actually vote for me but maybe just if I don't win have a riot in my honor and say this was bullshit he should have won he he obviously read the greatest poem one fish two fish redfish redfish bluefish is that the book i don't remember um but yeah so that is the two events that i saw that are happening i 
I'm still going to the Philbrook Museum on Saturday because I already bought my ticket. They have second Saturday this Saturday because it's the second Saturday, but it seems that's more catered to families. So if you have a family and some children, if you've never done it, they're, they're having it and it looks like you get to do, you know, hands-on events. It seems pretty fun, but I don't, I mean, if I go by myself, it just made this be kind of weird because it seems, yeah, it seems like they have a lot, probably, I've never been to it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they have everything, but it seems like it's just catered to family with, families with kids. But that's all. That's awesome. It's nice. But yeah, uh, I think that was all I really saw. Um, the Spotlight Theater, I think, is doing a virtual play, but I'm not too sure. The website doesn't say much. The videos don't load. And virtual plays are just never good. Like, it's just not the same. You just have to have that energy. They're live performances for a reason. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I saw Hamilton on, like everyone else, on Disney Plus with family. And I'm sure it would have been amazing in person, but just watching it on the TV just wasn't the same. And I also, uh, Lynn manuel Miranda, I think that's his name, the man who wrote Hamilton, or at least was the main writer, is a genius in that regard, but his singing ability is, it's inferior to the rest of the cast. He hurt that uh, production by playing Hamilton. Other renditions of Hamilton that didn't have him ob obviously had the most talented individual be Hamilton. Him on the other side, of course he wrote it, but he could have just done the right thing and step back and allow someone else to fulfill his vision and his writing. Because if you've seen it, you understand he is a terrible singer. He gets outshined constantly. And at one point you're just like, uh, you have, I don't know. I guess if you're, if you, if you wrote it, you can do whatever you want. Rocky did that, uh, Sylvester Stallone. Supposedly he was homeless. He wrote Rocky, had this script, and he refused to sell the script if, and if he didn't get to play Rocky. So he held out from playing, from selling, even though he's homeless, selling the script because he was so determined to play Rocky. Like that's, uh, if that's true, it's an amazing story. You can either think that that guy is an idiot or um, it can be something that really inspires you. He's determined and obviously he made for an amazing Rocky. I could, you, now you can't envision anyone else playing that role. Maybe like Mickey Rourke or something, but Sylvester Sloan does an amazing job. Who else can slur the words like that? But yeah, so back to today in Tulsa, um, I flew back on the line bike, like I said, there to the co-working space, flew, rode back, ate lunch, then rode back again because I thought I'd had a free ride, but it turns out I didn't. And then, I don't know, I think I'm just extremely hungry. I haven't been eating that much. So I just felt very hungry once again. And so I went back to come back to my apartment for dinner, just finished up working here. Uh, I had to find the garbage can that is part of the Airbnb. Uh, it was quite the adventure. I had to hop over a bunch of construction, which was, which was pretty nice because I got to practice my pole vaulting skills with the Summer Olympics, I think, getting postponed, I have another, I have more months to practice 
to hopefully represent my country in the Summer Olympics. So I had to pole vault over some construction cones. I then fell into a hole that led me to follow a white rabbit who then led me to a wardrobe that I went into, which led me into Narnia, which then I was greeted by this individual who looked like uh, the god Pan, half man, half goat. He then led me to a toll booth that was the phantom toll booth, where I finally entered that toll booth and fell into a dimension where I smelt colors and I saw sounds and I finally saw the trash can and I dumped my garbage. It was definitely an adventure. Uh, I hate littering, so I refused to just drop my garbage somewhere. And so I was very determined to do it and when I finally found it and finally made it, I was happy, but I'm not looking forward to trying to do that again. I felt like it was an obstacle course and I was trying out for the Navy SEALs. It was difficult is what I'm trying to say. It was an arduous task and I don't think dumping your garbage should be that challenging. You know who does it right? Disneyland. Disneyland does it right when it comes to garbage because one, they have janitors everywhere and they do little cool sprays to make everything seem magical. And secondly, they have garbage cans every, I forgot how many feet, they measured it precisely. They had people study it, scientists to know how how long people would want to hold on to garbage and how often you have to put trash cans nearby so people don't just toss it on the floor. And that's why it always looks immaculate. You don't see garbage and trash. Every other theme park pales in comparison to Disneyland. They do it right. They understand that most people need people constantly telling them what to do. They need, you need to herd these individuals, herd them. You come here, that many people come, come. And you see people moving you like airplanes with the orange cones, they have lines blocking you off, they tell you everything. And when you don't do that, it just, it's chaos. It's pure chaos, like Knott's Berry Farm. Universal Studios isn't too bad, but smaller, but Knott's Berry Farm, I'm, I'm the only, I can only speak of in Southern California, amusement parks and uh, Knott's is, uh, is a nightmare. It's, it's dirty, there's people that cut lines, it's just always a mess, the lines are always packed. You see gum all over. It's, yeah, it's a, it's bad. I went once for, they have Halloween, uh, like this Halloween event where they have mazes and all that and rides that are all catered to these Halloween mazes. And it's would be really cool, but each line is about three hours long. So you only can go, you only can pick a few mazes and it's just so, it's bad. Uh, people were drunk and I saw individuals literally making out on on top of one of the food carts where you know when people give pretzels or churros or any of those things in the little carts there's a little side table and there's a, a man and a woman they're in the 40s and they were it wasn't like teenagers they were in the 40s they were drunk and making out on top of that food cart and the employee just looked like he hated his life he didn't even seem bothered by it he just kind of accepted it at this point i think he accepted the way his life was turning out and that just added to it it was the the extra seasoning to his, his dish, which life handed him. And yeah, it was just, it was bad. I went on a date that time and people were cutting, uh, there was fights. There was literally fights at a theme park. Fighting at a theme park, that is low. That is very low. There's actually a video of some in Disneyland. It's even lower 
to be drunk at Disneyland and getting in a fight and going to jail seems like a very low point and whoever was with that person had to feel embarrassed. But yeah, so there's fights, uh, cops were running, there is, this is not Sperry Farm, there is kids fighting, there's these posts, these lamps, street lamp kind of thing, and they have this concrete block. Kids were jumping on top of it, screaming world star, and trying to film. And uh, this is my first day with this girl, and I told her like, oh yeah, you should come to me with this. It's, it's going to be fun, because my roommate said, it's really dope, but it meant it left for an entertaining story. But still, I was like, oh, I'm sorry about, about this. And yeah, we only went on like two things because of uh, how packed it was. And then we got lost because it's, they just overloaded with fog. So you can't really see where you're going. So that individuals like zombies and people in masks and things, killer clowns and all these various characters are hiding in the mist of the fog. So they pop up and scare you, which is cool, right? But it's horrible when you're trying to find the exit and they don't talk to you. So we spent at least, I'm not even kidding, an hour and a half to two hours trying to leave the park and then spent even more time trying to find where we parked. And yeah, it was a debacle. Uh, once again, it's probably why I'm single. Uh, terrible date idea. I don't know why I got off that track, got off, I don't know why I got so off track, but yeah, uh, I am, tomorrow is, new member lunch at the co-working space. They have food truck coming. I'm pretty positive it's free food. I have to check again because if it's not free food, I don't think I'm going to go. Like most people, if someone's offering you free food, you're willing to go. So I'm hoping I gotta check again. So I'll be pretty awesome. I hopefully, I hope the food's good. I'm sure it's going to be. It's just such a weird thing when you're trying, because I think the point of it is to mingle, to get to know individuals that are part of that part of that co-working space. You can make friends, you can network, you can help each other out, etc., etc. But what it is just, it's such a difficult time with this COVID time because you don't want to invade people's space. You don't know what's appropriate. You don't know if you can just, you can't really, you can't even handshake somebody. You can't sit too close to them, right? And when you're trying to eat, you can't have the mask on. So it's just like, it's hard at this time because you never know where someone's at in terms of levels. There was a golf tourney. I wish people would just do this like in these places. Uh, before I moved out here, there's a golf tournament. And what they did at this golf tournament that was like a networking builders event is they had wristbands and they had like three levels and like green was you're completely fine. You can shake hands, you can hug and whatnot. Yellow is like, um, just keep your distance and whatnot. And, something of that nature and red it was like i uh, stay completely far away don't touch me wear a mask when you're around me that kind of idea so at least you can know right off the bat and spot it to see how someone else feels because everyone i never want to be disrespectful to somebody in regards to how they feel they may be a little more concerned about covid and understandable if they feel like they're um, at risk then i don't want to impede on that and feel like i'm being inconsiderate but for me personally like i don't i don't care people can still touch I, I want things to be back to normal but it would just be easier if they did something like that maybe I should suggest it for an upcoming event but yeah so that's going to be tomorrow um, I need to try to do something with those eggs tomorrow because I can't have something that's completely bland I'm still hungry I just keep nothing's really filling me up I just haven't been able to have food I guess 
Also today I heard, I spoke with my mother and she told me about a boyfriend and he went to Cancun for his birthday and his friend's birthday and they go during hurricane season. They know it's hurricane season, but it's cheapest and they never really had an issue. But this time they spent all this money on hotels, right? The resort, the flights for all their families. Uh, I think they may have to reserve golf courses prior got to play golf for his birthday but then after that he had to go into a bunker and spend he's spending his vacation currently in a bunker and, and nothing's refunded so that is how he's spending his birthday week in cancun in a bunker to try to survive a hurricane but at least that makes for a, a, a later on an amusing antidote something that's more interesting uh, i think at least you could turn it into something great Felt like I was in a hurricane uh, in January, the only time I got to travel before COVID hit. We went to Hawaii, but it was Kauai in particular for my brother's 30th birthday. And once I mentioned I don't like beaches and that's all there is. And what makes it worse was it's tropical there. So it's raining, it's windy, it feels like a hurricane, it's cold. You can't just sit out and lay out. You try to read, my book got soggy and wet. I would have loved to be in a bunker. That is what I'm trying to say in Kauai at that point so maybe he's actually it's going well because I was yeah laying on the beach freezing I was trying to read Pride and Prejudice at the time amazing book by the way if you haven't if you haven't read it the movie's even the movie's possibly even better with Kira Knightley in particular there's tons of variations of it renditions of it but the Kira Knightley version is phenomenal it's one of my favorite romantic films and just films in general it's it's fantastic highly recommend it I would have rated like maybe even a nine on IMDb. And if you feel familiar with IMDb, everyone's a critic on there. A film that has a seven is very good. If a film has an eight on IMDb, you know this film is outstanding. Rarely do you ever see a nine. So that's how high I'm putting this up there. There's never a 10. I always look to IMDb because those that's where the people are harshest in regards to film reviews. Also, another good site, if you have a library card, use Canopy, you can watch classical films, classic films for free. You get like five movie credits every year. I mean, not every year, every month, if you have a free library card. I want I saw that the library may be open in Tulsa, which makes me extremely happy, but I don't know if it's true or not. They have the Red Book there that I, from Carl Jung. If you're familiar with that, it's a rare book. The like the full copy it's expensive the real copy it's when you don't really have it. you can do a reader's edition but with the full on images that's the reason you want to read it i think it's minimum 400 dollars. so they have it there so i want to go and check it out but i don't know if it's really open but i have to see i don't know how to sign up for a card but if it really is open and not just for curbside pickup i am going to be thrilled because it's nearby my Airbnb apartment, I can get out, I can go to the library, and that is the spot that I feel most at home. I don't know about this one, but typically libraries I do. I feel like it's like a cave uh, for me. If I was a, a cougar, right? A mountain lion, I think this is the same thing. Who resides in caves? This, meta this similar metaphor isn't working. But yeah, I'm trying to say it feels like home. It feels tranquil, it feels safe, it feels comforting. So I'm going to check that out, hopefully tomorrow. Unless I try to do something tomorrow night, maybe, depending 
how my how I feel. If I feel in a social mood, I'll go out and do that. I just it's just such a hassle not having the transportation and having to spend money on those bikes constantly or the scooters. I really need to get one. But uh yeah, so I'm going to figure out about that. I'm going to keep you posted on what I end up doing in regards to the weekend. Sunday. Hopefully doing something fun. I all my videos that I filmed originally that I was trying to do a vlog about, my microphone spazzed out. It messed up. I don't know why. I don't know if it was just because of the wind or what was happening, but it's all staticky. It's all messed up. So the entire film, everything I filmed that I spent filming on Sunday, which was at least four hours of film, is practically all ruined. But it's alright. Uh, it gives me another chance to walk around and film. I'm walking throughout downtown anyway, so might as well just film again. But yeah, so thank you for listening. I will probably end it now. Uh, because I don't know if I might eat again. I may eat again. I keep thinking about playing Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops in particular. If you're familiar with that game, they have zombies. And zombies is one of the greatest, like, not the main games. I don't know what they call them. Arcades arcade games I don't know but it's amazing it's so addicting it's so fun me and my little brother used to play that all the time and we would do online and you get to meet up with other individuals and you have the mics and whatnot uh that that's really dope I think I could set up my mic hopefully I can we'll see I have some headphones maybe I can do that maybe I'll become a gamer while I'm here for this month I don't know every time I'm about to play some video games it's just not the same it's just not the same I think I need to play with somebody when I try to play video games by myself I just get bored after a few minutes when I was younger I could play for days literally at a time without food without sleep without anything I could just play I used to that's all I used to ask for for Christmas just a bunch of various games and just would game out that probably uh, is a primary reason for my antisocial behavior, I would assume, now that I'm pondering about it. But yeah, so thank you for listening. This is Frank Andrews. This is the OK Tulsa podcast. This is episode four, and I will see you, well, I will talk to you through this microphone tomorrow. Peace.